Good morning. Welcome to everyone. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we're here to worship the Lord, and uh, we're glad that you have chosen to be here to worship with us. It's a very special day as we worship the Lord today, because today we are having an ordination service for Lana Hopgood, and we're glad that you could be here for that. We have a number of guests with us today. Uh, I think the Hopgood family have a lot of guests here, a lot of family and friends that are here, and there are other guests that are here. And we hope that you will feel very much a part of us and as welcome as you are, because you are welcome here, and we're genuinely glad that you are worshiping with us today. I'd like to call to your attention just a few announcements that we have. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets uh, on the clipboard on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out, pass it down the row so we could have a record of your attendance with us. And um, several things that are happening this week uh, I'd like to call to your attention. On Tuesday, our Joy Lunch will meet, and that's our senior citizens ministry, and we always have a uh, potluck lunch and uh, invite you to come and bring a dish and bring a friend. And the program for this Tuesday will be Marty Williams, uh, who will be bringing a program on the theme of Thanksgiving, which is coming up very soon. Also, on next Sunday... Uh, Sunday afternoon, we're going to have a time of fellowship, just a time of fun. We're going to have a, uh, a hayride and a potluck lunch or a potluck dinner and uh, uh, just just a lot of fun, horseshoes and games and things like that. And that will be at the home of the Suggs, Mike and Dottie Suggs. And um, we invite you to be a part of that as well. And on November the 20th, which is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, there is a community-wide Thanksgiving service. That service will be held at First United Methodist Church downtown. Uh, Beth Mackey will be bringing the message. She's the new priest at uh, St. Paul's uh, Episcopal Church downtown, and so we invite you to be a part of that. One other announcement I'd like to bring to your attention today, and that is that uh, next Sunday we will also be having a joining Sunday here at Community Baptist. Uh, and you may be, be wondering, well, what is a joining Sunday? Some of you have heard of this and some of you have participated in this. A joining Sunday is a day where we are just we are just making it easy for you to become a member of Community Baptist Church. Uh, there are some folks who have attended here for a while and have uh, and may have been intending to uh, join the church, but never have just never have gotten around to it. Um, so we're inviting you to make it a point to do that on next Sunday or any other Sunday. There's nothing magical about next Sunday, but next Sunday we just want to make it easy for anybody who's intending to do that uh, to to become a, an official member of Community Baptist Church. And if you are if you fall in that category and would like to do that, please let me know uh, sometime between next Sunday, and we'll take care of that and uh, and make you an official member here at Community Baptist. We here at Community Baptist love the Lord and we love each other. And one of the ways that we like to express the, our love to each other is through greeting each other in the name of the Lord. So let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you and greet each other in God's name. Amen. Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
We're going to do one more praise song. It's called I Sing Praises. And we'd like for you to stand and join us, please. Our words will be on the screen. service with the joy of the ordination of our new deacon, Lana. We are thankful, Father, for her gifts and talents that she brings to this church. Lord, humble us now as we come to this worship and praise you. We love you and adore you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Come up this way on this area here in front of this chair. If you need somebody to help you, you hadn't been here before and want some big person to help, that's great, but you don't have to have that. Y'all come over this direction. Hi, how are you all? Now, i got to tell you something. Unlike last time, there won't be a dog coming down. Everybody asked me, are you going to bring a dog again this time? And I, well, couldn't bring a dog, so we'll have to make do with something else. Let me see. Let me see what i got in my little box here, my little bag of tricks here. Whatever it is, it doesn't want to come out. <laughs> Anybody know what this is? Okay, what is it? It's a hummingbird feeder. Uh huh. Now then, this one I had to take in because the hummingbirds have migrated. Now they're no longer here, but uh, you know we can learn a lot from the birds, and that's why I brought this hummingbird feeder. And I got two lessons. Maybe three. Why do we have hummingbird feeders? Okay. To feed the hummingbirds. Yeah. I don't see what the big deal was. I mean, that was a pretty easy question. That was, you know, you hit home runs with that one. But, you know, our spirits are like hummingbirds because our spirits need to be fed every day, just like hummingbirds need to be fed every day. And if we don't feed our spirits, they, they don't die, but they, they, get, they get sort of tired. They get sort of weak if we don't feed them every day. Now, let me ask you another. So that's number one. What happens if the hummingbird doesn't come to any feeders? They don't get fed, right? Isn't that right? We're like that. We've got to go to God's feeders for our spirit to be fed. And if sometimes our spirit's feeling weak or we don't feel like God is close to us, it's because we haven't been to the feeders that God sits out for us. Third deal. I looked out. I've got other feeders in my yard. I feed finches. I feed uh, the songbirds. And I looked out last week, and I was busy. And guess what? My feeders were empty. And the birds were flocking around. But there wasn't anything for them to eat in my feeders. And that's where God's different. What? Yeah. You got feeders too? Okay. Well, do you, are yours ever empty like mine were? You keep them filled, I'll bet, don't you? You're a better steward than I am. You don't keep them? Shh, don't tell anybody. And I looked out there and there was nothing for the birds to eat in my feeders. God's not like that. His feeders are never empty. If you go to God's feeders, you will always find food for your soul. The last thing, if you can't go, if you don't go to God's feeders, you can't get fed. And God's feeders are like the church. They're like other Christians that we deal with. They're like the Bible. They're like prayer. If you don't pray, if you don't go to church, and if you don't associate with other Christians, you don't get fed. So if people tell you, well, I don't need to go to church, or well, you don't need to pray, 
or you don't need to associate with other Christians. You don't need to do that all the time. But if they tell you you don't have to do that to get fed, don't believe them because you got to go to God's feeders to get fed. Okay? Now then, i got something for you. As you go through life and you see birds feeding, remember this, that you've got to be fed too. And I've got some bird seed for you all to take home. Now, don't open it in church because your parents will get really mad if you try and feed birds in the church. But take it home and tell you what I'll do. I'll have this sack over there, and that way when you leave church today, then you'll be able to take some bird feed home to feed your birds, okay? Now, one other thing for you all, and the parents are going to get mad at me about this, but I don't care, okay? You all need to be fed, too. So come here. Let's get some Let's get some candy. Don't open this in church either because your parents will get really mad at me. Okay? There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, everybody been fed? <laughs> oh, the choir hadn't been, but I didn't, I didn't bring enough for you guys. I'm sorry. Thank you all. First of all, I just want to tell Lana and her family that I love them very much. And Lana, you'll be a great deacon. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning. In manifold 
faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin. Peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings of mine within. Thousand beside, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. Reading from Psalm 92, hear the word of the Lord. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hands.
Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for all the many blessings that you've given into us, our lives. Please be with us as we go out into the week and do your good works. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's my honor to give a testimony for Lana. To borrow from the book Caddy Woodlawn by Carol Rye Brink, it is said, It is the sisters and wives and mothers who keep the world sweet and beautiful. What a rough world it would be 
if there were only men and boys in it doing their rough ways. It was a responsibility as Father spoke of it. It was a beautiful and precious one. We as deacons have listed in the deacon expectation one of the followings. With this ministry, they are responsible to keep in touch with and minister to their assigned families. This ministry includes, number one, hospital visitation. I remember 10 years ago, while Mom and Daddy were both in the hospital, the visits and also the food she brought to our home and how much my children enjoyed the home-cooked meal. Also, her visits in Lexington and Louisville while Rachel was there. Always bringing your smile, along with magazines or books and sweet-smelling lotions and homemade baked goods for the nurses. And especially the visit you made just before we left for Atlanta. And the sweet and gentle way you spoke to Rachel, a gift life has given you. Number two, bereavement ministry. Last year, while our plumbing decided to take an unusual turn and return into the house, you took all those towels in my laundry to your home and returned it, clean and folded, along with a case of bottled water, all while we were preparing for the burial of my father. This water that was making for havoc in our home was still in need of our survival, and you were able to sustain us by bringing us water we could drink and cleaning with water so that we would not have the mess of wet towels and dirty clothes as we were grieving for our loss. Number three, encouragement. Because I share the same birthday with your sweet mommy, you always remember me. Number four, conflict resolution. Rachel's recovery has often found her aggravated with the direction I'm trying to lead her to, and you've been such a positive reinforcement to her. When she would get mad and was going to leave home, she was always coming to your house. But I believe that is because before she became sick, you were the one adult reference she admired and confided in and trusted, and someone I trusted to give her good advice. You have remained in her memory as a safe haven she can trust. Number five, practical help and referral. The knock on our door back in 2001 when Sarah and I were sitting at the kitchen table putting together red and blue pencils that we were going to use for her wedding reception. We were in need of the extra hand and the companionship. Number six, counsel and friendship. Listening to me and telling me that I couldn't worry about what people would say about Rachel out in public and just ignore the looks they gave her because there was nothing I could do about it or change them. The times you drove her to vacation Bible school because I was at work and couldn't take her, and she loved being there and helping you. She would have otherwise missed an enjoyable opportunity. You have been a wonderful friend to my entire family. Lana loves her church and works diligently, whether it's teaching Sunday school, vacation Bible school, or upward cheerleading, opening her home for dinners, driving the van, or going on mission trips. Many of us are blessed because she has willingly shared her talents with us. She has been living these requirements prior to our congregation identifying her abundant generosity. It is our privilege as a church to be able to involve her and and ordain her as a servant of this congregation. Her friends love her. Her family holds her as dear as she holds them. Her sons respect her and look to her for chewing gum. 
and her husband adores her. I asked him, after almost 25 years of marriage, could you give me at least one flaw? And without any hesitation, he said she has none. Haynes Christian Anderson describes her well in his story, The Princess and the Pea. I could see the gentleness of her eyes, hear it in the softness of her voice, and feel it in the kindness of her heart. Lana, thank you for asking me to sing today. It's an honor. Um, You have meant so much to me since I moved to Henderson 12 years ago. Um, Like Nora said, you've always been a leader in this church. Um, Your quiet strength and your grace has um, led this church to where it is today. And I just thank you for all that you've done for me and, and for our church. And I feel that you stand for what this church is all about. And I'm glad I could be here with you today. Shake my face 
What a wonderful day it has already been, a day of worship, a day of us recognizing and realizing that uh, though Lana has not been ordained as a deacon yet, she has served as a deacon uh, for many, many years, and we're grateful for that. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and then verses 46 through 48. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of the Son of God, and now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son, and nothing is impossible with God. And then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Then verses 46 through 48, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. This is the word of God. Last Saturday, Pam Gardner did a a devotion for the afternoon games of the upward basketball and She began by noting that we are in the midst of a spate of holidays. We have just finished Halloween 11 days ago. Thanksgiving is coming up next in another 11 days. And Christmas is only 44 days away. 44 more shopping days until Christmas. I know that most of the stores have already had their Christmas decorations out. In fact, some of the stores have had them out for months now. TV commercials are pushing the Christmas angle and hawking their wares. And I understand that some of you have already made your annual Christmas shopping binge and are almost finished buying your presents for the Christmas holidays. Some stores are already having Christmas sales, for goodness sakes. And frankly, if you are like me, You think that Christmas just keeps coming earlier and earlier and earlier. And so, what do I do to stave off the rush to Christmas? I use a Christmas text 
to bring a message when we are barely into the month of November. And it is indeed an unusual text for a deacon ordination, so go figure. I guess I'm just trying to keep you on your toes. But what does this Christmas text have to do with the ministry of the deacon? Well, at Christmas time, we all like to receive gifts that we can use, don't we? Well, guess what? God also likes to receive gifts that God can use. And in the Christmas story, God gave the most valuable gift of all, God's Son. But in that same story, God chose to use certain persons who gave themselves to God's service. And that's the kicker. That is the connection that this text has to the ordination service this morning. Because this morning we are ordaining Lana Hopgood to the ministry of deacon, a servant of the Lord. That's what a deacon is, a servant of the Lord. And I think that by looking at this story, we may be able to learn some things about who and, and how God chooses to use in God's ministry. So let's dig just a little deeper into the text and see what insights we may be able to glean from it. First of all, how does God choose people for service? Well, I don't believe that God is random about who God chooses to do things. You will notice that our text for today does not say that the angel Gabriel was sent by God to some unspecified city to pick the first woman that he saw to be the mother of God's son. That's not what he said. Gabriel was sent specifically to a virgin in Nazareth whose name was Mary. And it says that Mary had found favor with God. She had been handpicked by God for the most important task in the world, to bring forth a son who would be the Savior of the world. And I believe that to a certain extent this is true for all of us, because our calling as Christians is not only a calling to the blessings of salvation, but our calling is also a calling to service. Each one of us has a part in the ultimate plan of God. And each one of us is handpicked by God to do our part in accomplishing God's will on earth. And just like Mary who was blessed among women, all of us who accept the call and the responsibility to serve are blessed among men and women. So, how does God go about choosing someone to serve? God handpicks people who are suitable to do a certain task. And Lana, we believe that you are handpicked by God to serve your Lord here at Community Baptist Church. And we know that, just like Mary, you are blessed among women. Okay, that takes care of how God chooses people to do certain things. So who does God choose? Well, if Mary's story is any indication of the type of person that God uses, God uses normal, everyday sort of people. When the angel came to Mary, the scripture tells us that she was afraid. And, and, and when, when she was told that, that she, a virgin, was going to have a child, 
I imagine she jumped back a little bit and said, now, wait a minute. Hang on a second here. What are you trying to pull? She seriously questioned the announcement of her pregnancy. Fear and doubt filled her heart. But you know something? Those are are, are normal human responses to an unusual circumstance and situation. And I imagine that any of us would have responded in the exact same way. And Mary was no different. Mary was a normal, everyday sort of person. But God chose her. And God chose to use her to accomplish God's work. The Bible indicates in 1 Corinthians 1 that God does not necessarily need exceptionally wise and strong persons to do God's work. God accomplishes God's will through all types of men and women. Just look at the people who Jesus chose as his disciples. There were no kings there. There were no heads of state or politically powerful people, even though the person, our candidate today, bears a... Wonderful resemblance to a princess. (laughs) However, in Jesus' circle, they were normal, everyday people. Fishermen, a tax collector, a political radical. So many people think, I'm too normal. I'm too ordinary. God wouldn't choose me to do anything significant. But let me tell you, my friends... God would choose you to do something significant, and that is the wonder of God's love. Because if there is one constant theme throughout the whole Bible, it is that God does extraordinary things through ordinary people. So who does God use? God uses ordinary, everyday people, and God uses available people. After the angel of the Lord explained to Mary what God had in mind and that nothing was impossible with God, Mary responded by saying, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. In essence, Mary was saying, If God wants me to bring God's Son into the world, then I'm willing. I'm available. You know, I think that's something that we all need to watch out for these days because some of us have our schedule so packed that the Lord couldn't get in touch with us by letter or email or telephone or even skywriting. God couldn't find us at office or at at home because we're just so busy and unavailable. But we need to be able to say, here am I, Lord. Use me. And so God uses ordinary, everyday people and available people. And finally, God uses grateful people. You know, in order for the Lord to use us in the most effective manner, we need to do things in the way that God wants us to do things. And that requires us to have a humble heart and a heart filled with gratitude. It's a rare thing that the self-centered, haughty, arrogant person is truly used by God, but the grateful, humble person is often, almost always used by God. In verses 46 through 55 of this passage, it's it's a passage we call the Magnificat. 
In this passage, Mary is praising the Lord for choosing her for this special ministry. And Mary feels unworthy for this privilege. But as the Magnificat says, God has considered the humility of a lowly handmaid and has scattered the proud. Mary is grateful for the privilege of serving God and and God uses the grateful and the humble for God's purposes. You know, at, at times I've heard someone in an ordination council ask the candidate this question. Do you feel worthy to be a deacon? Do you feel worthy to be a minister? And without exception, the answer has always been, no, I don't. That's true. We as God's servants don't feel worthy to serve God through ministry. But we certainly can express our gratitude that God has chosen to use us even in our weakness. And sometimes we may wonder, as Mary did, how can this be? How can God use someone like me? And and the answer that most true servants of the Lord have found is this. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For with God, nothing is impossible. That is a word for you, Lana, as you commit yourself to the ministry of deacon. But it is also a word for every one of us here today as we carry on the ministry of God through this church. As ordinary, everyday people, as we make ourselves available to God with a great sense of humility, the Holy Spirit shall come upon us. The power of the Most High will overshadow us. For with God, with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Lana, I'm going to ask you to come and take the center seat here. And Chris, come and stand next to her if you would and be her encouragement and We have come to that part of our service where we will lay hands on Lana in just a few moments and offer blessings to her. In many churches, it is the ordained ministers and deacons who come to participate in the laying on of hands in an ordination service. But there is nothing magical about ordained hands. Let me tell you that there's nothing magical about ordained hands. And it is the church that ordains a person to her task. And so we want to invite anyone who wants to come to lay hands on Lana and to offer a word of blessing to her. We invite you to come and do so. Laying on hands brings encouragement. It bring it imparts blessings upon the person that we lay hands upon. So now now I'd like to ask Mary Rye to come and to offer the ordination prayer. And then I'll ask anyone who would like to come and lay hands on Lana to come and do so and give your blessings. Let us pray. God, your grace is so amazing. 
Your love is so overwhelming and your calling is so humbling that it is hard for us to fathom that you are here to walk with us. But you do. God, you have given each of us in this room gifts and talents to be used to share your love and grace. But today we are so grateful for the gifts that you have given in Lana. They have already been spoken of. Each of us could give our own lists. But more than that, God, we are grateful that that she has given her gifts back to us. Bless her with courage. Bless her with strength. Bless her with vision for the work that you have continued in her, for the work that she will fulfill in this place, for the gift that she is. Amen. Would you come and offer your blessings upon this servant of God?
God is good. Amen. Lana, would you like to say something to these who have called you to be a servant? Come, come up here so everybody can hear you. Okay, well, um, first, for most of you all who uh, know me, you know that I'm not very good at this because I get emotional and I cry and I'm a mess. So um, I just first want to say that I know that a deacon is a servant and um, a worker, a hard worker. And those are things that you've already said, but um, I know that and I, and I will, I'm committed. And um, I, I think our church has a, a great ministry um, called a, a a deacon family uh, ministry plan where each deacon is assigned to several members or several several families in the church and um, uh, I think that's a, a wonderful way to to keep in touch with all the families and there are so many uh, families in the church and out in the community who are in need for whatever reason and um, that's um, I'm excited about getting you know, involved in that, and I'm, I am I'm repeating a lot of what Dr. Tim has already said, but that is how I feel. I'm just grateful. I've just been so blessed throughout my life, and I have wonderful, a wonderful family. My husband, my two wonderful boys and they're here and my big family is here today and I really appreciate that it means so much to me that you're all here from Morganfield Lexington and and my brother from Tucson Arizona is here too and they came from everywhere, and I have my best friends back there, and my whole church family are all my best friends, and I just really am grateful for that. And Nora, uh, your family's been such a blessing. I wasn't, I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> Thank you. That was so touching, and I appreciate that. And, and Sarah and, and Daryl, your music. Um, I'm just grateful. And um, I am, I keep saying I'm blessed, but I just am. And I, and I will uh, be here. I, I, want you, I will pray for you and pray for me. Okay, thank you. I would say we made a good choice, and this, this lady is a deacon, wouldn't you say? I'd say, let's say amen to that. Amen. <laughs> amen. Let us stand and sing our closing hymn, number 484, Higher Ground. Let's sing.